The Mino Diaries, Episode 12, Sovereignty of the Spirit, Part 12, The Battle of White Bison Creek. Sunset cast an ochre glow over the prairies, and the sky was flushed with color as Little Moon, Unjaro, Mabunta, and Ute Kachmi prayed in the shrine room of the Temple of Thunder. They were each dressed in armor, the weapons cleaned and sharpened. Little Moon had tended to her child, while Unjaro and Mabunta helped each other to dress. Below, the seven feathers sounded a buffalo horn to congregate the host of warriors who gathered on their horses at the base of the temple, where the elders, women, and children had been directed to take shelter in. Little Moon kissed the single portrait of her mother she owned, which had been placed on the communal altar. The sun was sinking below the horizon as the four warriors descended the temple steps and joined the male warriors and the wolf women below. The force field at the perimeter of the valley had been dropped, and they were exposed after as many weeks as they could to prepare for battle. The sky dimmed to a deep amethyst hue, and the seven feathers heard the roar of the demon hordes approach and then saw their shadowy charge over the rolling hills. Little Moon could see with her falcon eyes the approach of a bright future, of shadow, dressed in armor in a chariot pulled by monstrous horse-like creatures of hell. He was surrounded by a moving guard of demons, larger than all the others, with horns spouting from their skulls, wielding terrible weapons. Little Moon rode to the front of their small but fierce-eyed army. They think to defeat us easily. They would presume to make us cower like runts. But your children, your mothers and elders, your wives are in that temple. Let them see that they are worth fighting for. Let them see the fire of your spirit released onto the horde. May Jah's light be with you all. And with that, Little Moon spurred faces thunder ahead, and the horse ran forward like the wind ahead of the others. A number of Little Moon's sisters did not charge on horseback, but ran as wolves, racing ahead and keeping pace with Little Moon until the moment of collision. Bullets were shot and arrows flew. Weapons clashed and wolves' teeth sunk into dishonorable flesh. The Seven Feather were outnumbered, but there were no less than a hundred fallen on the other side before the first of Little Moon's clan was brought down. Faces Thunder charged forward fearlessly, crushing attackers in her way as Little Moon used her spear to cut through the ranks. Unjaro and Ute fought side by side, Ute with her spear and Unjaro with his spinning chain. To Little Moon's right, screams were heard among the enemy as, after Mabunta was knocked from his horse and mistaken as an easy target. He channeled the energy of the bear claws at his neck and wrist, and transformed into a massive standing grizzly bear twice as tall as the horses on the field, and released fury into the attacking army. Little Moon's people fired their arrows from moving side saddle, sprang through the legion swift as the wind and fluid as shadows. The wolf women blurred to and fro in flashes of browns and silvers. The battle raged and Little Moon did not bother to make count of those who fell on her side. She did not waste time fearing the defeat they all had prepared to face. This was not a battle to win. It was a battle to fight with no reservation. Little Moon raged through the masses until she saw the glow of the harsh light ahead and past the frenzy of lycans, vampires, undead, and mercenaries. She made out the charging of one of the horned demons armored and running forward. 
She tried to maneuver Face's thunder to shift out of the way, but it was too late. The demon was upon them, and in a blur, he swung his heavy strength and sent Face's thunder surging against the crowd. Little Moon landed in a tumble, pushing herself to see with a hard heart that her dear wild Mustang was unmoving on the field, killed instantly by the impact of the demon strike. She barely had time to shift then, as that same bull-horned beast came stomping forward with his wide sword, swinging it down upon her. Little Moon shifted out of the way and struck out with her spear. The demon yelled out at the cut, and the next instant they were fighting fiercely, her spear against his sword. He was bigger, but she was much quicker, changing from woman to falcon to black she-wolf sporadically to outmaneuver and confuse him, slashing him to bits. She ended his ghastly existence with a hard slice to the throat before she was thrown back into the fray with the minor demons. Among them, the worst were the Lycaeans, twice as tall as most of Little Moon's people and ten times as strong. As quick as her wolf sisters, they were hard matches. The bloodsuckers were converging on Unjaru, who was eviscerating them into heaps of burning flesh with his blessed silver chain. The battle cost, and the Seven Feathers were being overwhelmed, but still, Little Moon fought with the entirety of her soul. The moment finally came when she looked upon the Morning Star's physical form across the distance. His truest form was likely bound to the deepest pits of the Hell Realms, but he was able to manifest this shadow form here and wield a considerable degree of power, even if it was a fraction of his former glory and ruin. He met Little Moon's eyes and sprang forward in a turn of flame and shadow and she fought him. Up and down the battlefield they waged collision, the whispers of his curses thick in Little Moon's ears as he struck with terrible speed. But she turned them out. No power over her, she spun and dipped and pivoted, fighting with Mino's skill which was a steady match for this foul incarnation of suffering. She dealt him heavy blows until the moment he knocked her back across the field. There was a moment where it seemed he would attack her, but then his eyes caught sight of Kachmi across the field, fighting the horde alone now as her father Unjaro had been shifted some yards away. Little Moon's mistake was the emotion which flashed in her eyes, the alarm she couldn't hide. The demon moved quick, and Little Moon started to run after him, but the demon surrounded her and blocked her way and she had to fight them to get to Ute in time, but there was no way she'd manage to clear the path. She called out, Catch me! But her daughter did not hear her. She had only a moment to do what she could only do once, for the sake of her child. She began to call forth the star energy, until a soft voice was heard in her atmosphere, subtle but forceful, willing her to abide. It spoke to her to hold in the power assuring her that a miracle was at hand and that her interference would be the very thing to result in Kachmi's death versus salvation. She was called on to abide to faith. It was hard, but she knew the difference in frequencies between demonic illusion and the potent voice of divinity. With a hard-kept will, she listened and fought on, praying that the voice spoke truth. Unjaro was beating down their enemies left and right, raining down retribution for all those lost to those foul creatures and their ilk. The sky was red with the glowing red of aura and the 
I'm sorry. The sky was red with the glowing aura of the dark army and that demonic leader who stepped on the field exuding the energy of terror and madness, which Unjaro and the other warriors had to counter in their resistance. He was in the thick of battle when he realized his daughter was no longer at his side, and he glanced to see the morning star springing upon her. Ute had barely enough time to block with her spear. Her young form, despite its ferocity, was not yet powerful to brace against the monstrous manifestation of hatred. The demon's whispers from the shadow seeped into Ute Kachimi's mind, and she shrunk beneath the mountainous height of the bright demon who was arcing his sword to destroy the child of his enemies and prove that he could indeed break their spirits through the destruction of what they loved the most. Unjaro had felt the sensation from deep within him, like cool rain and electricity surging through his blood. His own form glowed and burst with such energy that all around his enemies were scattered like rag dolls and he surged forward in a wind-quick stride. He sprang forward with all his might, swung his chain which wrapped around the form of the demon who shrilled at the touch of the blessed silver, burning him at contact. With the supernatural strength, Unjaro spun and swung his chain at the demon who was slingshot across the field to land and crash far off in the distance. The morning star roared in rage. At their master's call, the minions surged away from the other seven feather and converged toward Unjaro, who placed his own body between them and that of his daughter. Their mistake was the frenzy of their malice. To not see the miracle brewing up from Unjaro's core, his form still glowing and changing, metamorphosizing a different armor and shape as glowing and divine symbols materialized around him and created a shield wall as he levitated from the ground and into the air, and the wind picked up with a terrible ferocity, casting back the horde in all directions, as Unjaro did what he'd not imagined beyond his dreams. He flew. He flew on the currents of the wind he summoned, and swung his chain, which now coursed with light and lightning through the ranks of demons, where his power had been limited to the mortal coil before, he now evoked the full force of his bloodlines. Every ancestor of power, every guardian spirit and angel, the very power of his father, which had always rested deep inside of him, was wielded to divine destruction as he surged with super speed from one section to another of the demon horde, breaking them down with the high magic of the miracle. The morning star, now recovered, bounded across the field and sprang upon Unjaro with all the might he could muster, blazing with the terrible hellfire and chaos shadow. It seemed more than a match suddenly, for even the miracle summoned. Unjaro fought back, but the morning star was quicker, and suddenly his terrible hand was around Unjaro's throat, clasping tight and squeezing his windpipe. Unjaro struggled as his family tried to reach him from across the field. Little Moon saw this, and felt again the urge to summon the star power, but still the divine voice commanded her faith to stillness. She cried out to him as the morning star's eyes narrowed with hatred before his sword was plunged into Unjaro's torso. There was a moment of stillness as the unpredictability of fate ruled true on that battlefield. Little Moon cried out as Unjaro winced in pain. But the courage did not leave his eyes. Even in that moment, as the life faded from him, 
he kept his soul within him, refusing to let this demon claim it through the fear in his eyes at this end which he'd already accepted when he'd consented to the price of the miracle. The morning star radiated contempt and pleasure to what he felt was victory, assuming he would absorb this fighter's strength through the energy of sacrificial massacre on the field along with the rest of the seven feathers. He thought to destroy the temple, destroy the land, break their spirits to bend to his will and amplify their power through the channel of his own desires as demons had across Turtle Island for centuries. But, demon as he was, he lacked the understanding of that ultimate truth which never ceased the power to trump his victories. For his curse was to be ever blind to love and frequencies of sacrifice which were true an opposite in spectrum to those committed in the fallacy and greed. No sacrifice of a soul, stolen by a murderous hand. This was the sacrifice of a willing and consenting soul to give life so that the lives of many could be preserved. This offering of the spirit rooted in the deep love which this demon could not understand, the love which even he, in his horrid darkness, searched for, far back in time, when he'd wanted the prime life for himself. It was not the power at the root of his desires. It was this very love which allowed Unjaro to look into his flaming eyes with peace, courage, and compassion. No need to mirror the fury of that demon when all of his atrocities were in pursuit of the adoration and blessing of his father and the star people which he had destroyed. Even as it happened, this incarnation of hellfire did not understand when Unjaro's left hand went to the bowie knife at his hip and the blade of the knife surged with the force of the true miracle and he plunged that knife through the demon's armor and into his shadow form as if it were made of polluted water. The might of his love and sacrifice in defense of his own child piercing the heart and incentivizing glorious combustion. There a flash of light Bright and in all colors, casting out, incinerating all which was unholy and foul intention, and leaving the brave and true unscathed. The light faded, and there was nothing left of the morning star but sizzling, scattered armor, and his armor had been reduced to ash and smoke. Jaro lay on the ground, and it was Ute who reached him first. This man who was her father looked so at peace, so at ease. He smiled at her as she was his favorite thing in all the world while his strength departed from him and it got harder to breathe. He thought not of the fame from his rodeo days. He did not think of his long dreams for freedom and nothingness. He only knew her eyes, those eyes to catch him from the sky. With all that was left in him, he gifted Ute Kachmi his blessed chain of silver and his golden Ginyami necklace. By the time Little Moon and the others reached the wise man, he was gone. Years later, Little Moon and Ute found themselves in a different home. With the demons knowing of Nikanakin's power, it was concluded by all that Little Moon's presence on the plains would attract nothing but more sorrow. She, Mabunta, and Kachmi all registered that there was nothing more or less they could do not they could do 
to sway the fate of those rolling grasslands. Most of the wolf women stayed behind with the other warriors to protect White Bison Meadow and the Temple of Thunder, but others chose to go with Little Moon. After the Battle of White Bison Meadow, Little Moon did change. Her heart hardened and her boundaries became a bit severe. For the sake of the responsibilities she carried with respect to what had been given, so she and her remaining loved ones could survive. What tenderness remained was reserved for her daughter and to her husband, who she held tight in his own grief of their shared love lost. They left the plains to go further south to Mabunta's own homeland, a sacred swamp near the mouth of the great river, where black and indigenous people had manifested refuge through the evocation of their own miracles. It was on the journey south that Little Moon had been visited by her mother's spirit one night, glowing blue in form and smiling. She told Little Moon to make some room in her heart before White Moon placed her translucent palm to her womb. Little Moon could not believe it. She started to ask if the child was fought in Jaru, who'd only just passed, and White Moon had smiled. Twins of Mabunta's blood and Unjaro's spirit, she said, and Little Moon cried her joy as her mother faded away. When they reached Bobancha, the land of many tongues, ruled by the Sun Tribe, Little Moon's shape-shifting power became known among the people, who called her forevermore by a different name in the language of the southern indigenous, Nashobalusa, the Black Wolf. And that concludes our Sovereignty of the Spirit upload. I hope you all enjoyed it so much. Um, it was a real honor and privilege to be able to write this episode. Um, I wrote this quite a while ago. I think I wrote this way in September. It's been a while since I wrote this, but I'm very privileged and honored to get to this space where now I can um, release these episodes and go further into uh, engaging with them and promoting them and speaking about them in certain ways. Um, I've coordinated things to align with the Soma Solstice, which is days away. Um, but anyway, I hope that if you've gotten this far, if you've listened to these many episodes to get to this point, then I truly am thankful for you. And I hope that you enjoyed it. And I encourage feedback. You can follow me on Bulbancha Guerrero 777 on Instagram. That is spelled B-U-L-B-A-N-C-H-A-G-W-O-R-L-G-I-R-L-777. Yes, it's a long name, but it's okay. Um, you can also follow me at Bulbancha Guerrero on Tumblr, um, which is spelled the same way. It just doesn't have the 777 on it. Um... Subscribe to my Patreon if you're interested in a lot of things. This summer, I plan on um, posting a lot, getting into a lot, sharing certain things, especially things that pertain to this episode. Um, the uploads of the episodes are kind of just like the first part. But okay. Thank you, guys. I hope y'all have a super, super good day, week, month, year, wherever you are. Um, 
And yeah, be at peace. Bye-bye.